0: Support for the Sound Rider Show is provided in part by South Sound Honda, serving the South Puget Sound region for more than five decades. South Sound Honda, located in Olympia, is your destination for fun. Hello, this is Bill Cameron from Skagit Power Sports, and you are listening to the Sound Rider Show.
1: And now, live from the Crows Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, join us for the latest episode of the Sound Rider Show. A candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Marin, Derek Roberts, and whoever else happens to drop by today. So,
2: last month we were talking about winter projects, right?
1: Tis the season, absolutely.
2: And so, um, I got some winter projects. I'm going to have to change out my garbage disposal. All right. Uh, I might have to uh, repair my refrigerator because it's got water going down into the freezer section. That's now. not a good thing. And my washing machine sounds like a jet plane when it goes into the spin <laughs> cycle. So, and that's just on my. That's just stuff that I need to do to my scooter. Oh,
3: okay. I was going to say maybe your Goldwing. I thought that's where we were going. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of stuff to get to though. Besides those winter projects, and of course coming up into December here on the December show. For the Soundwriter show, how are uh, how are things going, Tom? How's life?
2: Oh, life is good. Yeah. Um,
3: are you ready for the holiday season here?
2: Kind of. Yeah. I'm gonna be home a lot. I know that.
3: All right. Well, that, is, that, is that a good thing?
2: Well, I got you know I got sick kitty, so I got to take care of her, and hopefully she bounces back. I got you and all that scooter work you need to do. Yeah, so. I gotta get that scooter going. Right. <laughs> that that washing machine on the scooter. The refrigerator connected to it, yeah. The garbage disposal, and the, I put that where the turbo goes. But well, once you get all that
3: fixed, I say you should be ready for at least a long weekend on that thing two nights of camping, right? I mean, no problem with yeah. garbage disposal and laundry, yeah. I mean, you'll be able to get out there and see some things,
2: yeah. Right? That would be good. Um, so let's see, we got a lot going on on the show today. We got a, a actually kind of a really full calendar, yeah. Um, we've got a lot of interesting stuff that came across News bites in the last month. And, uh, we're going to have a nice segment where we're going to talk about some gift ideas, but uh, in some cases, not particular items. And, uh, we're going to uh, open up this segment talking about a analogy that somebody made that, um, Mm. if you're going to start a motorcycle company right now, you do it one of two ways. Right. You're you're either going to be doing the uh, low spec, high volume models, sure, or you're going to be doing the high end, expensive, low volume models.
3: Yeah, we're seeing not a lot of entry into sort of that uh, that mid range. That, yeah, uh, maybe classically sort of like the Japanese OEMs have fallen into, like your Suzukis and your Hondas, where you can get you know a motorcycle for six or eight thousand dollars brand new. Yeah, right.
2: Yeah, we're not seeing we're we're yeah. not, not going to be seeing those kind of bikes coming to market, and then, of course, some of these things are never going to come to the market in the United States. But um, some of the the brands that this gentleman was referring to was uh, Spirit Motorcycles out of the UK. It mm-hmm. uh, looks like they're going to be doing uh, high end sport bikes, like thirty grand to start.
3: So that's kind of in the in the mold of the sort of like Modus here in the United States down yeah. in Alabama. Where yeah, Modus obviously is another right. one. Sure. Uh,
2: we've got the resurgence again of Eric Buell Racing, EBR, coming back to market. Not going away, Buell uh, Racing. Not going huh? away. They yeah. just keep uh, repackaging themselves and then going into financial straits. And it uh, you know sometimes it looks like it's the same guy that pulls them out every time. So I think there's some kind of game going on. I now, don't know. what do you
3: think is uh, on the high end like that? What do you think the incentive is? I mean, is it just... Is the sort of sexiness of it easier to attract investors? Because it always seems to me, at sort of a practical level, as far as operating a business that generates profits and is around for ideally many, many years, that it's a very risky venture to put out a $30,000, 200 mile an hour motorcycle. I mean, is the market, the market doesn't seem to be there for me, but uh, no, you know,
2: and I think that's, you know, a a great place to be if you want to be. Developing motors to 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 create a mid-range right s- series of bikes, but if all you're ever going to do is just create this high-end stuff and not look at the bigger picture, I don't I don't think you're ever going to go anywhere. I mean, I've never seen anybody really.
3: It did never seems to come to fruition. I mean, there was a time where. I think some of the more established brands, maybe back in the 70s and 80s, there was, an, there was sort of an incentive to continue to develop technology because we hadn't really reached uh, sort of peak everyman technology. But now 200 miles an hour, yeah, 30 grand, what do you do with – I mean, it's hey, it's exciting. Trust me. If I had an extra 30 grand lying around, uh, I'd buy myself a nice – Padded leather suit, and I'd get on one of those two hundred mile an hour motorcycles. But I just don't know what the sustainability is for, for. thirty
2: grand. I hope it has a computer in the seat.
3: Uh, I get mine without the computer. I don't. <laughs> I like to go. I like to go all natural on that end. <laughs> but then on the opposite end of that, we're starting to see maybe some brands that are pushing out. I mean, more sort of <laughs> everyman would be even a uh, a generous term, I think. But really, just a super accessible motorcycle, almost on the scooter level, high volume. Low price, right?
2: Yeah. So, like, well, we were talking last month. I think about all the three hundreds and four yeah. hundreds coming to the market. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, that's the major manufacturers that are doing that. So. Right. So they're uh, they're doing it right. You know, they, they've. I mean, look at Yamaha. Great yeah. company. They got they got the low end, low price stuff, mm-hmm. good quality. They got really nice mid range stuff now. Definitely. And then, they, they, you know, they have the high-end stuff with the sport bikes and the, some of the larger cruiser models and all. So they really kind of have it all covered well. Plus, they're really working hard in other segments like the four, four-wheel four side-by-side stuff and yep, all that. which so. has sort
3: of taken off over the last couple of years. What do you think about uh, Huskies, Husqvarna?
2: Oh, that's been a tricky one because yeah. they've gone through several different owners over the last few years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've looked at some of their new stuff. They look like they're kind of moving back toward the dirt and away from the, from the road-type product. Right.
3: Now, did they? St- I can't remember. They started in chainsaws, right?
2: Uh, I don't know. You have to do your Wikipedia okay. on that. Yeah,
3: I think that they did, but you're right. We're st- they are seeing a little more sort of dirt-oriented, but I think we're also starting to see some sort of dual sport that are just kind of on the other line of dirt bike that they're starting to come out with that are a little bit lightweight. But one thing that I noticed about them – uh particularly i was doing some updates on our dealer directory on soundrider.com mm-hmm. and they have they have by far grown the most
2: oh really yeah. with, with locations yeah
3: they are i mean the, infecting isn't a fair word but they are showing up in a well, lot that- of dealers all over the pacific northwest and i assume the united states
2: huh interesting because yeah. um when they got bought by bmw for a short time there, they've since been sold off i believe yeah um they the kind of Closed down a lot of their dealerships and moved them into dealer into BMW shops. Right, and now they've gone out of the BMW shops, so they have to expand their dealer.
3: Yeah, portfolio well, somebody's again. been out pounding the pavement, and didn't we several months ago? Didn't we talk about? Wasn't there something to do with Costco?
2: Yeah, that's right. Right, they were selling a couple of models at Costco. Yeah,
3: so we talk about sort of that. Uh, and I don't think Husqvarna is really a low end brand, but sort of. Oh no. You know, but sort of more maybe accessible price points and higher volumes. How that might affect the distribution network getting into larger retail chains like Costco and who knows where else.
2: And uh, actually, price wise, there there was some really deep discounts this fall. Yeah, on some of the models. Sure. Some of the 2016, just like you know, a dirt bike that's like seven thousand dollar list price that you can get it right now for like four or five f- five thousand bucks. So, yeah.
3: Well, I like a lot of the uh, the models for their specification, but uh, I don't know. I am not. I don't like yellow on my motorcycle. What about you as far as color?
2: Oh, uh, I can't get enough of that. <laughs> That's why I got to have all those Yamaha an anniversary a, models. A little
3: insider jab here. Of course, Tom's <laughs> motorcycles are all yellow here. But, uh, yeah, and, of course, in the Yamaha, you're right, the new 60th anniversary ones are all yellow there. Yeah. But, uh, but let's say that uh, you go to Costco and you pick yourself up a new motorcycle and uh, you head out onto the road and you can't help but notice – uh potholes galore do you think
2: uh i had never seen one of those you've never seen a pothole
3: here yeah man well we've been doing a lot of internal talk here and i know this has been sort of a personal crusade for you about uh, specifically the greater seattle area uh you know potholes and uh, i think we have the city calling in now you may have heard that in the background there a little ring <laughs> but uh what uh, is kind of your take as far as potholes in general but more you know motorcycling and potholes what are some of your thoughts cuz i know you got a lot to say on this issue
2: well um in terms of motorcycling wow we 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 as citizens in whatever city we live in if we have a pothole problem uh i have to be the first to get on it Right, you, the listener, has to be the first to get on it because not everybody gets on this, and they just get worse and worse. Really dangerous riding your motorcycle around on streets with potholes uh, for several reasons. Um, number one, you're trashing your bike mm-hmm. anytime you go through one, and uh, if you didn't notice it and you hit it, uh, that that'd just really shake you up nerve wise, and you, you know, and then you start to lose your focus on your ride. Uh, second reason is, let's say you see it. Now you want to avoid it, so you you uh, drift off to the left to go around it. But then the next thing you know, you're in the oncoming traffic lane. That's not safe. Sure. And so uh, let's just take for instance the city where I live, where I'm learning a lot about potholes, Seattle. Um, we have something called the Pothole Rangers, and I've been learning a lot about how that works. Basically, and it's like just. Four-
3: the- just to clarify, right? That's the city of Seattle yeah. is the uh, has these organizations This it's, operated it's, by it's, the city. It's four
2: teams within the Department right. of Transportation okay, sure. that are supposed to patch any potholes that get called in by citizens. Mm-hmm. Now, you can call them in on the phone, 684 Road. Uh, you can go online and report the pothole online. Um, and And I was going to tell you how I go about reporting them. Sure. Uh, in the neighborhood where I live, I will take an hour-long walk five to seven days a week. And while I'm on my walk, I take a piece of paper with me, and I use, I, I'll walk one of the main arterials that I drive. And then I'll make a note of every address point. I'll come back home, and I'll log 10 to 25 potholes into the DOT system right. for the pothole rangers to fix. Mm-hmm. So they they come and they fix them and then they go off to some other part of town and they fix those potholes. And then I take a walk back here in my neighborhood. I find some more potholes. So now they have to come back. Another day to where they already were the week before. Right Now, why is this happening? This is four teams of guys basically on a hamster wheel.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Running around in circles, yeah.
2: And the reason it's happening is because the city doesn't have a proper maintenance program in place to take care of the streets before they get to the point of being a pothole. Sure. Um, That that proper maintenance program would include annual crack filling. Mm Mm-hmm. That would include tacking of all repairs after the repair is made. So when they fix a pothole, they're supposed to put a coating around the top of that pothole to keep the water out. Right. Crack ceilings, pretty much the same thing. You've got a crack, you're going to fill it up and put a tack coat over it. Um, now I know a lot of riders, motorcyclists will say, Hey Tom, that's not safe in the summertime because that stuff pulls up into my, into my wheel. Sure. And they've, 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 gotten around that now what they do is when they do a tack or they do a crack fill they put down a layer of sand over the top of that mm-hmm. so that it doesn't have that tackiness to it and it won't can't be pulled up by a tire
3: and is that a recent uh, fairly recent, that's recent technology yeah. that
2: i've seen I'm, I'm not a pro on this but i hadn't seen them doing that before and i'm seeing them when they do tack a repair now that's what they do and do we have any,
3: because the tar snakes is always something that, I mean, motorcyclists in general are pretty familiar with, and I know that's more for cracks. Well, that's but, what I'm
2: talking about. Right, okay. Tar snakes is yeah. crack fill. Okay. Same thing.
3: And uh, what, um, it, once those repairs are done, because on the, like older repairs and that kind of thing, when you have tar snakes, do you have any suggestions? I mean, if you come up to tar snakes, any, because sometimes that, per, that is a road well, hazard for you riders. you have to do
2: that. Well, that's what I'm telling you. Yeah. If you put the sand over the top of it, it's not a road hazard. Okay. Okay. A tar snake or a crackville, because that's right. the same thing. So when they put the sand over it, it causes that surface not to be tacky any longer. So it's not going to get grabbed by a tire.
3: Is it? This in appearance wise, is it still the same though? Yes. Okay. So it's, yeah,
2: well, it's actually it's not shiny. Okay. It's it's kind of a a, so it's just a little a, more dulled. Yeah, it's a dulled out surface. I
3: understand that now. So what though? I mean, as far as a rider concerned, approaching that a recently repair, I mean, you'd still have to re- approach it the same way. As a slippery tire tonight, because you wouldn't really know going 50 miles an hour at you it, could. right? You
2: could. Yeah, I mean, you're in the, you're driving on the streets of Seattle right now. Well, yeah. So you're going about 35, maybe, if you're lucky. If
3: you're lucky, yeah. You're yeah. pushing your bike. Right? Yeah,
2: but when you're out on the highway, uh, I don't know. You know, I know I watched them one day doing uh, crack feeling out on I-90, mm-hmm. uh, out in the Spokane area. And uh, I don't know if they were using the sand technology or not. Right. So... But uh, without that, our streets will just get watered down in between. They'll crack. What will be really bad, you know, we've had all this rain, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, what if we get a freeze? Wait till you see what the surface of the road in this town looks like after that. It's going to be
3: beat up pretty good. That will be horrible. Now, we talked uh, uh, maybe a couple of months ago now on the show, and I think uh, in the Pacific Northwest here, Idaho had the best roads, right? And uh, didn't Washington come in somewhere in the 40th of the states?
2: Yeah, and what was it? Alaska had the worst. Yeah. Oregon but wasn't – it was like 25. was sort of middle of the yeah. pack,
3: and I think Idaho was like 14 or something like yeah. that. Do you uh, – in gen- your general consensus in your travels and that kind of thing, do you see a noticeable difference when you go to these different states, particularly oh, yeah. Idaho compared yeah. to
2: yeah. – And I can tell you, Oregon takes way better care of their yeah. roles than we do. So 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 you know, if you want to join me in my quest, um, every time you file a pothole report – Add in there to tax seal the repair. Right. Please tax seal the repair and crack fill any nearby cracks. Crack filling is the secret to success. If we fill all the cracks, we don't have the kind of problems that we have right now. And here's a great way to look at this. Uh, Here in Seattle, we have different areas of the city. We have northeast, right? So Mm -hmm. that's like out out there by the Northgate Mall. Yep. Next time you're over there, I want you to look at the roads. They're They're all crack filled. Why? Why are they... I mean, I think it's great. They're all crack-filled. They don't have any potholes. Come over to the Northwest area, Greenwood, Ballard, all that. There's no crack-filling. There's potholes everywhere. I'm still trying to find out why... Northeast gets all the love, and we have got no crack filling here probably 10 to 15 years oh, That's now.
3: interesting, yeah.
2: It's bizarre.
3: Because uh, well, are, are these four teams operating under different protocols, or are they all just up to the... Uh...
2: Well, then the, then the other thing is you're talking about, you know, the, the city. Is it the pothole rangers who are supposed to do the crack fill, sure. or is there a different team who's supposed to be doing that, and all they ever get done in a year is Northeast Seattle? Right. I don't know the answer. I'm still trying to find out. I send emails to people. They don't respond back to me. I call them on the phone, I finally get a hold of someone, and then they tell me there's three other people that I need to talk to. That doesn't sound like the city government no, I know. <laughs> huh? It's, a, you know, sure it's kind of like that Seattle. you can't find city hall thing. But <laughs> right. you know, here and here's the really big kicker is in the last seven years, uh, Seattle residents have voted in one point three billion dollars mm-hmm. in bonds or levies to repave certain streets. Now, you could go online and you can look at what those streets are. You can even see what year they're going to get repaved. Right. What about all the other streets? Like 3rd Avenue Northwest. It's not on the docket to get anything. And so if it doesn't get any crack fill, it's going to start looking like Market Street, which basically is going to disintegrate to a dirt road in about a year.
3: Well, there has definitely been a a large influx of population here, and the roads do take a lot of abuse. So certainly there needs to be some emphasis on uh, taking care of them, because certainly shutting down one lane, if you have to repave an entire uh, side of the road here, just turns traffic from brutal into an absolute hellhole for right? yeah. <laughs> I mean, And you
2: know what we're doing is we're we're that that one point three billion dollars in right. levies that we've approved, we're just paying for these guys to make the mistake of not doing proper street maintenance on and on sure. and on. And it has to end. We got to have better streets. This is this is a you know top ten city in the United States. Yep. We need to Mass have better streets too. in this, and we have a lot of people riding motorcycles even in the winter. I Definitely. stand out there. I take my walks. I see guys on bikes all the time.
3: Well, we have some very uh, beautiful days and some mild temperatures, but you know we've we've talked a lot about Seattle, which is sort of uh, you know in the immediate vicinity to us. But I want to talk a little bit before we wind up on this segment on just sort of uh, strategies, maybe in general, and get your thoughts when. Uh, you come up, you know, when you come up to a pothole and it becomes, it looks like it's going to be imminent that you're going to hit it on your motorcycle. Do you have any tips for listeners that can sort of make the best of a bad situation? I mean, if you know, you know, traffic coming in the other direction or it's just, it's too late, what do you do when you come up on a pothole like
2: that? Well, know? if I, if I see it soon enough, yeah, if I'm able to see, see it well ahead, then I can decide it, how I want to deal with it. Sure. Either go around it or I might have to go right over it.
3: Right. And evading a pothole. I mean, it's always obviously if you can do that, that's always great. But sometimes you get into a situation where you feel like, you know what, if I'm going to evade, part of that evasion is going to come in the middle of the pothole, and that's not going to be good to have less tire traction, sort of swerving in one direction or the other. Do you do anything specifically on your motorcycle to kind of handle that as best you can? Do you get up on the pegs? Do you? I, I mean, pop a wheelie. Pop a wheelie. Jump right over <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, get you, get up on the peg so right. you don't have such a, it gets you a little to your body. Yeah, it gives you
3: a little more suspension. You start to rely on a little bit of uh, sort of that human suspension of your thighs and that kind of yeah, thing right. and disperse the weight a little bit. Yep. Uh, what about anything with x uh, as, as acceleration? Do you get off the throttle or do you keep it steady? No,
2: I'm too busy writing down the address of where the pothole right.
3: is. <laughs> A man of uh, many talents, right? You're out there with your uh, tax seal and uh, your pen and paper and riding your motorcycle all at once.
2: Don't freak out. Yeah. Relax your arms so that you go through it and your bike will self-direct itself on the other way out. Right. If you, if you tense up, you're not going to have as much control of your motorcycle. Sure. So.
3: Yep. Just, I think, general good advice there.
2: Okay. So I, I'm going to make the last comment here. Uh, wherever you live, find out who your Department of Transportation is. Write their phone number down. And any time you see a bottle call them, or if they have an online form, use it. Let's fix this. Yep,
3: yeah, get it fixed. Um, all right, and I'm sure every city you know, here in the Northwest, you can probably find more information on how to do that uh, on the local government website. So check that out. And uh, once you're done checking that out, head on over to SoundWriter.com. Of course, on The SoundWriter Show, we'll be back on the other side with some news bites and or calendar.
0: Support for SoundWriter and The SoundWriter Show is made possible in part by... Skagit Powersports, where you'll find one of the largest selections of new and used motorcycles, apparel, and gear in the North Sound. Skagit Powersports provides a relaxed atmosphere and no-pressure sales staff to get you into your next bike simply and quickly. And that's why they are consistently voted the top dealer in the Pacific Northwest by sound riders year after year. Visit them in Burlington today or find them online at SkagitPowersports.com.
2: This is David Christensen with Tucker Rocky, and you're listening to the Soundwriter Show.
0: My name is
1: Jason Omar. I'm from
0: Ferndale, Washington,
1: and one of my favorite rides is riding 134 miles an hour down the Bonneville Salt Flats on my 1948 Panhead. <laughs>
3: on this December episode of The Sound Show. And as we went to break there, Tom, I think you had one more thought come to mind on potholes. Uh, what is that? Why don't you fill us in here?
2: So during the break, just what I was thinking, why don't we go and buy a whole bunch of used iPods mm-hmm. and we'll get some of those funky, cheapo earbuds. Sure. And we'll load this show... Into those iPods, okay, and then we'll hand one out to every member of the Pothole Rangers. That's right. Are you
3: with me? Yeah. Well, maybe we just we put them in the pothole. So once we report it, they come and they find it. Yeah, yeah. We'll just, put it
2: in a little yeah. plastic bag, yeah. and maybe they'll notice it around the grass where the grass is growing That's in a pothole.
3: It. Yep. They can strap it on, <clears> and they can uh, get all the information that they need. <laughs> but outside of that, maybe they can also just check our news feed uh, on News Bites. Here, uh, there's been some interesting things happening in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, we'll give you a little rundown of that, Tom. Why don't you get us started here and let the good people know what's happening in the world of motorcycling.
2: Well, I, th- I thought I had this genius idea back in November. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I thought, you know, I'll do this thing. If somebody buys $500 worth of product, yeah. I'll give them a free turkey. Free turkey. You remember yeah. that one? Absolutely.
3: On the Sound Rider store, yep. 500 yeah. bucks and you get a
2: free turkey. A hell of a deal. Well, uh, uh, I got a turkey. That's great. Uh, nobody else took advantage nobody of it. Nobody else took <clears throat> advantage of it, yeah. So... Uh, I don't know. I thought, you know, hey, if Les Schwab can, can give away free steaks, yeah. we could get some people, you know, coming through the cash register at a nice price and getting a free turkey while yeah. they do it. But uh, that one didn't work out. So, uh, you know, I don't think you'll see Twisted Throttle or RevZilla or anybody else copying us next year. On giving that. away
3: a turkey. Now, what about in December, maybe if someone buys more than $500 worth of uh, motorcycling equipment at the Soundrider store, you give them a lump of coal?
2: No, I give them a free cafe to cafe registration. Now How's we're talking.
3: That? That's a uh, and that's an excellent gift. Something we'll talk about a little bit later in the show, I hope. But let's get back to news bites here. Uh, that's part of news bites, of course. Yeah. What else is going on in the uh, in the Northwest?
2: Uh, your clutch cable article. You got yeah. a lot of reads on that.
3: That was a good article. Yeah, working with uh, Jesse Murphy over at uh, Truett Motorcycle Education, and uh, a little bit of a longer article, uh, but kind of ten steps, just to maintenance and inspection there. You know stuff that we always like to include from time to time.
2: I'm going to leave it up in the December issue, so if anybody missed it, they can read it now. Excellent, yeah. Um, we're talking about the Land Speed Expo that Skagit Sports put on. That's right, just up here north of Seattle,
3: and uh, I understand you went up there and visited with our friends. I uh, did. Over so a we had about
2: 80 people at the movie nice. on Friday night. We had a few hundred people come through the store on Saturday. Uh, there was people there from the AMA, who are the representatives of that segment of racing for AMA for Lance Beach, here. and uh, a lot of the racers were there. We had nine racers up there, Wow, uh, nine bikes. So uh really good turnout. And, uh, and I just, I love to see something progressive like that. Somebody tries something new, especially when we need that kind of stuff going on right now. Sure. And I think hey, it worked out real nice. And uh, the benefit here also is that when we do the January show, we're going to be doing an interview segment with some of the racers. Awesome. And we're going to be doing an interview segment with the AMA representatives.
3: So let's talk about some of these bikes, because I know that you had mentioned uh, before we started uh, the broadcast here, uh, really kind of how awesome some of these, uh, I don't know, do you even call them motorcycles at this point? I'm well, not sure Well, you know, they all
2: start life as a motorcycle. That's and true. they all They all pretty much retain two wheels. Yeah. But then they morph into anything and everything. Right. So, you know, there was some stock product there uh, there was a GSXR 1300 that's stock right now now the deal with I don't want to talk about this too much because we're going to talk about it in January but yeah. um, on a stock bike they have to they have to retain the rear suspension on the salt that actually slows you down I, I would believe that'd be an engineering challenge yeah there. it reduces yeah. your traction sure so um, a lot of the modified models will will be rigid on the rear. Mm-hmm. they'll have a suspension up in the front a little bit maybe one or two inches i mean how much how much suspension do you need when you're on the salt
3: yeah usually not too many potholes out there right? <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> you gotta get the utah pothole That's rangers it. to work so, put uh, an
3: interesting time up there, and we'll have more information on uh, Land Speed uh, Racing in the January show. Yeah, it sounds exactly. like so. Looking forward to that.
2: And how how our listeners, if they want to get involved, whether they want to race or not, how right. they could be involved with Land Speed Racing. There's a lot of ways to do it, and we'll talk about that when we do the show in January. Right, the Sound Rider team. I want to talk to you about that off air. Let's see. Uh, one of the Facebook posts that got a lot of action was uh, the picture of. Judy, the new shop dog at, at Valentine Motor Works. That's
3: right, here in Seattle. Uh, everybody loves a good shop dog, and Judy looks like she's going to be around for many years to come.
2: Yeah, and I'm going to take you out to lunch after this, and we're yeah. going to go down, and you're going to meet Judy. Going to go meet Judy. Yeah, I, everybody should go meet Judy. Right. It's winter. You ain't got nothing else to do. The Landsfeed Feed Expo is over. Yeah. Go down and
3: meet Judy. And just a reminder, uh, down there at Valentine in the uh, wintertime, they'll work on non-BMW bikes. So if you give them a call and you need uh-huh. some maintenance done, that's that's a great place to go in the uh, Seattle area here.
2: And one of the things we're going to do when we're down there is Mark Eddy has taken a Kawasaki Triple that was basically a barn find right, and uh, totally modified it and made a beautiful custom bike out of it. So we're going to be talking to him about doing an article on Can't it. Can't wait to see it. Uh, what else is happening? Notice from the AMA that the uh, National Park Service director, who will be leaving office shortly, mm-hmm. uh, is going to has written a 100-point... Uh, Document of what needs to be done next and didn't give the public very much notice on it. And this is one of those situations where a politician is leaving office. And is going to do a whole bunch of stuff at the last minute, right. and you won't have time to, to question it. And he'll go out the door, and you'll be saddled with some legacy of something that sure. may or may not be good. Um, this this is primarily built around climate change, so don't think that he's uh, putting information there about opening up roads for I motorcycle travel. so, yeah.
3: This is kind of like uh, the old lame duck presidency um, sort of scenario where the guy's on his way out, right? And he yeah. pushes a lot of stuff through because he can't get any pushback for yeah. re-election or anything like that. Well, I haven't read the plan, so I can't comment on that specifically. I do know that uh, national parks are definitely a major destination for motorcycle riders, including myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I I really hope that there's – I know we've raised some fees recently, right, as far as getting into some of the national parks for motorcyclists, I think uh, – they increased the uh, the gate fees. They used to have some discounts. Oh yeah, but I think they brought yeah we them talked up. about that yeah, last year. I think they brought them up to the same levels. Uh, vehicles, four wheel vehicles, but uh, I hope they you know I hope they keep them open because
2: so if you need more information on this you want to go to the American motorcyclist website AMA, and there will yeah. be some links there that you can it takes about 3 minutes to fill out a form and when you fill that out then it gets generated off to all the your local congress people right. and your local state representatives so uh you know if 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 keep, keeping your right to ride out in uh, national parks or out in the in national forest even. Um, if that's important to you, then I encourage you to go on American Motorcycles, fill out the form, and let your voice be heard.
3: That's right. Rather a motorcycle than a Prius. That's what I say.
2: So we bumped into another news bite about a, uh, a rise in motorcycle thefts in Aberdeen.
3: Now, Aberdeen, Washington?
2: Well, that's what I thought. <laughs>
3: Of course, this went up on the Facebook page. It turns a out it was actually ago. Scotland. Well, you know, I mean,
2: but I thought, you know, there's there's no wrong time to to keep people on their toes about locking their bikes up. That's true. You know, and and I don't care if it's Aberdeen, Washington or Aberdeen, Scotland. Right. Um, motorcycle theft happens everywhere, and let's let's minimize it as much as we can.
3: That's true. You know, and the best uh, defense is a good offense. So things like uh, you know locks and uh, uh, what do you call it, wheel. Um, you know hub locks and that kind of thing, as well as chains, and then uh, you know making sure you change. are you
2: talking about disc brake breakers. Disc brake lock.
3: That's it. Yeah, um, <laughs> all of that stuff is a uh, is really nice to have, and you can get some of that stuff here locally. Uh, you know, through some of the guys like uh, Seattle Cycle Center, they always hook me up every year. Oh yeah, and um, it's a good thing to have. Nice, especially when you have a nice light bike like I do. You don't want anybody wheeling that into the back of their pickup truck.
2: Found another interesting one. Uh, some guy is driving his car down Highway 14 in the gorge, mm-hmm. and a spider comes down off the roof and distracts him, and uh, he crashes into a motorcyclist.
3: That is, uh, that is what you call a nightmare scenario there.
2: So you got to watch out for that. It, it reminded me of a time I was going down Highway 14 with Bruce Scott in mm-hmm. a van, and I looked up on my right, and there was uh, a wasp nest. Fortunately, I wasn't the one driving the car. Sure. And I think it was fairly dormant. But it freaked me out when I saw that.
3: Yeah, that wouldn't be ideal to have a wasp nest. I think I'd go for a single spider over a wasp uh, nest. But, um, yeah. you know, you always, have to, you always have to be checking those mirrors because you never know what's coming up behind you, right?
2: Yeah, either a motorcycle or a wasp or a, or a spider, a big spider. Yeah,
3: big spider on a motorcycle.
2: Ooh, that sounds like some good dreams right. tonight.
3: <laughs> the worst thing of all.
2: All right, uh, our friends over at Happy Trails in Idaho... Uh, had a former Marine come to them and said, uh, I, I annihilate everything in my way. Right. So you need to build me a skid plate for my KLR. So they he gave them the specs and they built this like three-eighths inch thick. Well, they have the capabilities
3: there. And of course, they are KLR uh, 650 experts. That's what they got started in. Uh, when they went from working on drive shafts back in the 80s to making motorcycle gear for uh, specifically for KLR 650s. And it was a very interesting read. But, you know, for people that don't know, the guys over at Happy Trails are doing everything in Idaho, manufacturing and everything right there. So yeah. they do have the capability to do this kind of stuff. And uh, I thought it was an interesting read, something that's still up on the Facebook feed. So if you're uh, interested in learning more, scroll back a couple of weeks and you can still find it on there.
2: All right, well, we're going to take a break here, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about our calendar and so many things to do with kids. See you in a minute.
0: Support for The Soundwriters Show is provided in part by Moon Motorcycles, a family-run operation located in Isquah, Washington moon motorcycles features a diverse selection of used bikes to choose from whether you're shopping for a used sport bike cruiser dual sport sport touring or street standard you owe it to yourself to visit moon motorcycles and look over their large inventory have you got a used bike you want to consign get in touch with moon motorcycles today hi this is andrew from scorpion xo and you're listening to the Soundwriter show Hi,
1: this is Ian. I live in Seattle. I ride a Kawasaki Versus and this summer I'm going to be riding off-road in the Oregon desert.
3: show and i tell you what for being the dead of winter there is so much going on this is like a jam-packed calendar segment you know sometimes uh, months are a little less populated than others but december is going to be crazy and uh of course a lot of that is going to be around holiday shopping what are some of the tips that you have for uh, listeners here in the pacific northwest in regards to motorcycle shopping uh, whether it's gifts or for yourself
2: so um What's happening is a lot of shops are going to have sales events. They've already started having them last, you know, Black Friday and all that stuff. Sure. Uh, But they'll be going on through. So what you want to do is uh, go to your local dealer's website, check their events page, see what they have going on. We have a lot of stuff in our calendar, but not everything. I know there's more out there than what we have. And also, you know, sometimes people put stuff up at the last minute. Definitely. So if you're looking for good deals, you're looking for for sales, that sort of thing, uh, check our calendar and check your local dealer's calendar. We're not going to tell you all the... The, the, the bad 12 Days of Badness events and all that stuff today here on the show. Uh, so I'm just going to encourage you to do your, your homework here a little bit. Uh, there's also a number of dealers. Most of them are Harley-Davidson dealers who mm-hmm. will be doing pictures with Santa. Uh, I don't see any BMW dealers doing pictures with Santa.
3: Well, I think as far as populations go, it's easier to find a slightly overweight, Older man with a white beard in the Harley population that is in the BMW population.
2: Well, I find a lot of, of thinned thin down old men with white beards. That's also you know,
3: well, skinny <laughs> Santa. He doesn't have this quite the same allure. But uh, uh, maybe
2: maybe Santa in a red arrow stitch.
3: Yeah, there yeah. you go. Let's, let's get arrow stitch on board for that. <laughs> you still got to be able to grow the beard though, and uh, you know Harley definitely has a lot of that. And uh, of course, being American made here, there seems to be a little bit more emphasis. Um, in Santa's American-made,
2: right isn't he? I, I, he'd
3: probably German, though, I guess, right? Yeah. So BMW would be... Some, some way, yeah. Something like yeah. that,
2: yeah. I don't know why they don't continue the tradition.
3: Any events where Mrs. <laughs> Claus will be present? That's what I want to know.
2: Uh, not that I'm aware of. Okay. The last time that. you had your photo with Santa? Uh, it's been a few years.
3: Yeah, me too. I think it's been a little over a decade. But, but, you know,
2: this is a great way to take the kids out. And get your pictures with Santa yeah. without without standing in line at the mall. Because you know, if you go to the Harley shop, you're not going to be standing a hundred lines. No, you know, people with a, with you know all these other screaming kids and stuff. Yeah, and, and those places are all germ factories. So
3: yeah, it, it's,
2: it's not a bad idea to take the kids out to the motorcycle shop. Yeah. and get your pictures with Santa there.
3: And really, the last place you want to be during the holidays is the mall exactly i mean it's a nightmare out there so unless of course that you need to pick up a toy from one of the many local motorcycle related toy drives then maybe you pop down there really early in the morning so you can get a toy and get out but i know there's a lot of that stuff going on here in the northwest maybe you can fill us in a little bit more
2: yeah we get a lot of toy drives going on at at various dealers and again uh, primarily harley shops leading the way but uh you never know and and even that's something that may not even be on a dealer's calendar so if your favorite dealer is Kinshaws or whoever, say, are you guys doing a toy drive this year? And if they are, then bring down a toy. Yep. Or or just bring something used from around the house you don't use anymore.
3: And I know a lot of times historically, I haven't seen any specific mentions of this uh, on the ones that we have up on the calendar, but stuffed animals are kind of frowned upon because a lot of people bring like teddy bears and that kind of thing. Um, These toy drives, I think, are looking more for sort of more durable, non-plush goods. So maybe like a plastic toy... Or uh, something along that. You're lines. Starting
2: to like give me the, the velveteen rabbit Scarlatina scare here. Or well, something.
3: there's just a lot of people, you know, will bring a teddy bear, and it's like teddy bears don't really have. They really don't go so far with kids these days. They're fuzzy. <laughs> they feel <are>. good. <laughs> they are fuzzy. You could maybe <laughs> use them to stuff your arrow stitch for extra extra warmth in the winter. But uh, just something to keep in mind.
2: So uh, on, on the calendar by date, uh, Saturday the 3rd of December, coming right up, is the Olympia Toy Run. Uh, check their website to see if they accept teddy bears or not. Right. Uh, and then on December 10th, Ducati Redmond. You, you might yeah. remember them as Ducati of Bellevue. Now they are Ducati of Redmond. Yep, is having their grand opening now. You went out and saw the new store. Tell us about it.
3: I did. Yeah, so I was down there. They had sort of a uh, a little bit of a teaser event. So the store was not anywhere near finished, Um, but they had uh, I believe his name is Ryan Pyle, who does a a TV show on uh, the Travel Channel called uh, I think it's Tough Rides. And uh, he was talking about his time down in Brazil. It was very interesting, a uh, really good presentation. A lot of times these motorcycle presentations, are uh, c- they kind of drone on a little bit. But Ryan did a great job. And it looks like they're going to have a really nice facility out there. Um, I talked to the general manager and uh, I talked to the owner a little bit. They're very excited about making the move up from Bellevue. They really feel like this is a better location. And uh, they're also going to have some back-and-forth options, although it will be primarily a Ducati uh, dealership. Where, if you have a BMW and you're on the east side, uh, east side in reference to Seattle here, of course, they will, uh, you know,
2: you could drop it off at the Ducati store. They'll pick it up and take it into Seattle for service and bring it back to you.
3: Yep. So uh, that's something to keep in mind if you are out in that region.
2: Which is good because a lot of people that own BMWs don't really like to ride them much. Right. Yeah. Why would you want to go to Seattle and. Yeah, and to you unless know.
3: you're going to get your picture with Santa or something like that. You would probably. <laughs> I don't wanna,
2: think Santa's going to be over. <laughs> you'd want.
3: You'd want to stay at home, <laughs> but uh, it looks like a great setup. Um, I'm really looking forward to uh, to checking it out. And a little interesting anecdote, actually. We were standing, and I was talking to the owner and the general manager. We were standing in front of a Norton that they had there on the soon-to-be showroom floor, and uh, had, unbeknownst to me until I looked down, it had a Soundwriter kickstand pad there.
2: Oh, yeah. good. Right. Uh, you know what? I can tell you where that came from. It was probably a leftover from years ago sure. when uh, Ducati Bellevue used to be known as Eastside Motorsports, ah. and Rick Nakagaki was the manager, and I had just gotten in my kickstand pads, and I brought him over a load of kickstand pads to use because well, they didn't have
3: any. Some local knowledge there and a little bit of a <laughs> teaser for an upcoming segment. That'd be a great stocking stuffer <laughs> if you're looking for an easy gift for some of your motorcycle friends. But uh, back to the calendar here. What else is going on out okay, here? Okay,
2: also West? on Saturday the 10th, it's a busy day. <coughs> uh, there will be a uh, Strider bike demo at Skagit Power Sports. Another really nice event to take kids to. Right. Uh, so they're going to have three Strider bikes on the floor. The kids can count of pottle around on and they're also going to have some kawasaki tricycles nice now i haven't seen these but i but, didn't know those uh, existed i'm told they're 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 awesome tricycles yeah. that have like fifteen hundred dollar o- olin's suspension on the front of each wow. one
3: no i don't think so i was just saying, I thought these were called can ams <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> no these are these are the three wheels in the back oh i got gotcha. yeah. like the layman truck i gotcha so um so that's going to be happening from 10 to 4 up in Burlington. You can bring the kids, or they can bring you, and uh, and get them on those Strider bikes. I bought a Strider bike for my grandson uh, a number of years ago, and since then, my granddaughter, my one of my other grandsons, have all learned how to ride bicycles starting with that Strider bike.
3: So that's something. Let's kind of define what a strider bike is, because I'm not sure that everybody's familiar it's a balance with balance
2: bike. It's got two wheels, no pedals, and it looks for, like a little bicycle for toddlers. For toddlers, right. they can stand on it basically. Once sure. they can sit on the seat and get their feet to the ground, then they can stand on it and they can kind of paddle their way around right. and get some speed going. And uh, eventually, kind of they learn their balance.
3: Balance development tool. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. So, yeah.
2: And then they, they and then that that helps them to graduate into a real bicycle. And of course, then to graduate. into a road king
3: into yeah that's right into a road king (laughs) specifically i believe that's the transition and of course if you go down there with mom she can make sure she gets them all the protective gear nice uh padded jacket helmet and that kind of thing for that strider bike so check that out up at uh, skagit power sports
2: uh, also on, uh, on December 10th, boy, you, if you want to get on, on December 10th, you can say, keep yourself busy. Seriously. Uh, they will have the Northwest Extreme Flat Track Racing from 5 to 8 PM at the Washington State Fairgrounds, formerly known as the Puyallup Fairgrounds. And, uh, if you need long underwear, we sell it in the store because yeah. this is, uh, it's chilly down there. At Motorcycle specific too. And you can bring your, uh, your heater with you really, and an extension cord to plug it in. Oh, nice. So that's happening. Um, now, this one comes up on the calendar every month, but I, I wanted to talk about it this month because I think it's a good thing that um, uh, Dave Roosevelt keeps a bike night going 12 months out of the year.
3: And that's Dave down at Seattle Used Bikes Yeah, here. Seattle yep. Used Bikes will mm-hmm. have their
2: bike night on, was Wednesday the 14th? Yeah. So that'll be happening as always. Uh, again, if you need longer, know where we got it. Uh, On the 17th, I always like progressive little seminars like this. Uh, Lone Wolf Harley Davidson out in Spokane Valley will be doing a dino service seminar. So, you know, it's one thing to say, well, yeah, you know, I put my bike up on the dyno and I got all this horsepower, blah, blah, blah. Right? Uh, You can probably learn a lot of things because there's a lot of of these kits for for, – uh, doing you know the different fuel injection and all that with bikes. And it and don't always work as well as some of the OEM stock stuff.
3: That's true, definitely.
2: And these are the kinds of things, I assume, that you're probably going to learn in that seminar. Um, you're probably going to learn that you don't want to be in the room when the bike is on the dyno, particularly without he- headphones. Yeah. yeah. But uh, well, that'd be interesting, it, and then you can you know what to do with that with that bike that you're going to be given for Christmas. You're, you're going to know just what you want to do with it,
3: right? And sometimes too, you know, with these sorts of uh, with these sorts of events, I find personally that even though you know Harley Davidson we're talking about here, but sometimes you learn the most when you kind of get outside of your usual zone. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, like I'm kind of a dual sport rider, but sometimes you go and you check out these things for cruisers or Harley Davidsons, and you go, oh, like. You can kind of link up some information. Yeah. You so. probably
2: learn something that you'll use later, even if you never put your bike on a dyno. Yeah. So,
3: I'm, I would be afraid to put my bike on a dyno. I don't want to know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they don't make a dyno big enough. For yeah, your that's right. BR350 <laughs> I don't want to know. Yeah. Uh, okay, on the 18th. This is Sunday the 18th. Uh, Ladies of Harley, pancake breakfast at Paradise Harley Davidson in beautiful Tigard, Oregon. Now, why are they doing this on the 18th? And I think I know why. Okay. First of all, probably it's a fundraiser. Sure. sure. But I didn't. I didn't check that. Uh, secondly, it's Sunday. A number of dealers are going to be open on Sunday the 18th. So this is kind of a draw.
3: A little bit last minute Christmas. Uh, you can get your
2: there. last minute holiday shopping now sure. if you're not going to be able to do it during the week. Um, so that's that's happening, and you can uh again check your local dealer's websites and see if they're going to be open on Sunday the 18th if right. you think you want to do some shopping that day otherwise go get some pancakes
3: yeah what i mean that's really all the christmas shopping that you need full belly right
2: and then uh yeah yeah ho 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 <laughs> um on december 25th we want to wish everybody uh a- Merry Christmas and yes. a happy holiday and a happy Kwanzaa yep. and all Get that out there, stuff.
3: enjoy it, uh, spend some time with friends and families and kind of reflect on what you're going to do motorcycling next year.
2: A lot of stores will be closed the week between Christmas and New Year's, sure. doing uh, final accounting, and uh, they just you know there's not that much business that they do, so a number of them aren't open.
3: Right. So what I encourage people to do is to get online uh, and go ahead and read Sound Rider every day that week. Hey, there you your Local motorcycle dealer.
2: Um, there's a few January events I want to highlight here, just because you want to plan ahead on these. Definitely. Um, the annual Snow Camp that Ralph E. Mugabe puts on. Uh, down at the horse camp there in uh, Elby. sure. That'll be going on on uh, January 13th through the 16th, and I expect to see you there if you don't have a job. Oh, that's chilly, isn't it? <laughs> I want to see you down there with your long underwear, testing out that that yeah. down sleeping bag. A well, tent that doesn't leak.
3: I've got some. Uh, I've got some pretty good winter camping equipment. I uh, oh, well, we'll see. Well, we've got to get that uh, timber sled conversion done. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Uh, Jan- January twentieth is the Vancouver, BC motorcycle show. So if right. you're hungry for a motorcycle show and you live here in the in the Puget Sound or you want to travel anywhere, f- f- you know from anywhere in the Pacific Northwest, uh, go ahead and-, and mark that date down. Now we've also included in the calendar the um, Edmonton show mm-hmm. and the show in Calgary, Calgary. Yep. So if you're going to be up in Canada anywhere. Uh, during those few weeks, I think those two are the two weeks before, right? Yeah. Uh, then uh, you might be able to hit a motorcycle show you know, on your trip to Edmonton. Anyways. That's right.
3: Yeah, the Calgary show is on the 6th of January. And uh, if you're going to go to any of those, uh, again, we've mentioned base layers many times. Well, Calgary would be no better place uh, to have those base layers. Yeah,
2: and you could ride your timber sled into the show.
3: Absolutely. And uh, I would probably end up living in Calgary for the rest of the winter because I wouldn't want to get back <laughs> on the motorcycle. <laughs>
2: Uh, let's see. On uh, January 27th, the PDX Film Festival will be going on. That's the fourth annual, uh, version of this. And I don't, I looked today, there's no lineup of the movies yet.
3: Not yet, yep.
2: They're still picking them out, but I know that the tickets go fast on this and usually sells out. The money that's raised gets uh, put toward uh, maintaining the air fence that they use for the uh, Oregon. Um, Yeah, at Obra, Mm -hmm. up there at the Portland Raceway. So uh, you know your money's going for a good cause. And this has
3: been a really neat event. I think uh, I'm really going to try to make an effort this year to get down there. I think they've been doing it for a couple of years now, and it seems like it's getting bigger and bigger every year. And uh, I like anything that uh, encourages people to get out and ride and uh, inter- it you know sort of interesting takes on the world of motorcycling i think uh, and really you know if, tra- if the
2: weather is uh inclement yeah uh there's other ways to go down you could take the bolt bus down true uh Damn you can take the train down yeah. and pretty much you can get around portland pretty easily without driving your own car and, true. and you may not want to have a car if it's snowing
3: that is true as well, yeah. So uh, if the weather is really good, you take your motorcycle down, then you get four wheels, or if it's you know super terrible, get on the train or the bus and uh, let someone else do the driving.
2: But definitely check the weather before you go. Don't just get on your bike and ride. Well,
3: you know, sometimes <laughs> spirit of adventure, post uh, New Year resolution there on January 27th and 28th.
2: All right, let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to uh, talk about some gift-giving ideas. That's
3: right, and the gift that keeps on giving, The Sound Rider Show. Stick around.
0: Support for the Riders Show is provided in part by Rich's Custom Seats. Do long days on the road take their toll on your body? That's because stock seats and generic aftermarket seats don't fit anybody. Have your motorcycle seat custom fit to your body. Improve your ergonomic positioning and enjoy long days in the saddle with a Rich's Custom Seat. Just a ferry ride from Seattle. Experience a Rich's Custom Seat today. This is Tad Haas.
1: Hi, and I'm Gayla Gutierrez of MotorStays.com.
0: You're listening to The Sound Rider
2: Show. Hi, this is Chris from uh, Seattle. I live in the Maple Leaf District, and I ride a uh, R1200GS Adventure, and I love it. It's my favorite bike. And my favorite ride is anything uh, Sasquatch.
3: the thick of the holiday season depending on when you're listening here and you are in luck if you're a motorcyclist because that ultimately means that you have motorcycling friends or you're going to be having questions from people about what would you like for Christmas and uh, I'm here with Tom of course publisher of Soundrider motorcycle expert on all things uh, roadworthy and gift worthy and he's got a list of some great motorcycle gift ideas so Tom let's dive right into it with a holiday season in the thick of it here what are some of your gift suggestions for motorcyclists?
2: Okay, we're all over the map on this. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I've got stuff here for if you're on a low budget. I got stuff here right. if, if budget doesn't matter. So, uh, first thing that I have is. Um, you know, we all need uh, training every couple of years just absolutely. to keep us on our toes. Mm-hmm. So you could uh, gift somebody a gift certificate to any of the fine training facilities we have sure. here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, we have a list of them all on our site. And, uh, you know, get, do something. Mix it up for somebody. Give, yeah. them a, give them a sidecar safety absolutely class, even if they don't own a sidecar. Well, like we mentioned in the previous
3: segment, you know, sometimes it's the th- if you go to these sort of venues – that isn't sort of in your uh, in sort of your baseline or sort of uh, you know what you usually target. You can u- learn more doing that. So if you've never been a sidecar, sometimes you can learn more about motorcycling than you would in say another dirt class if you've ridden a lot of dirt.
2: Yeah, or maybe you got a buddy who rides a sport touring bike and he's yeah. been thinking about doing some adventure riding. So you put him into one of those uh, dirt bike safety training classes and, and he doesn't even have to own a dirt bike they'll give him one to ride
3: and i also think that this is a great way you know we all have maybe those friends or family members who say oh, motorcycling is dangerous and you go you know what if you're concerned about me here's what you should get me for christmas get me, <laughs> to, <laughs> give me some more idea. training right yep what else is on that list if you, you want to go
2: around. low budget on that get him something nice like a david huff book yeah you know writing skills that's
3: book. right which you can find of course in the sound rider store
2: uh, another nice thing to give someone if they're not an AMA member is give them an AMA membership. I think it's like thirty nine bucks. Sure, uh, might be fifty nine if you're if you're going to buy the the bigger plan. But uh, you get all kinds of discounts just like you do if you had AAA. And uh, when you when when you give this to someone, it's not just that they're going to get the magazine every month or that they're going to have those discounts, but you're also helping to fund the lobbying that's necessary to. Uh, keep things working properly in Washington, D.C., and not getting roads shut down and not having roadside uh, pullovers of motorcyclists and that sort of stuff. Uh, Ethanol 15 fuel, the fight for that.
3: And when we talk about, uh, in one of our previous segments, you know, the national parks and that kind of thing, if any sort of suspect legislation comes out of that, you know, the AMA is probably going to go but go to bat for us motorcyclists. Also, things like uh, lane splitting that we've seen pop up all over the Pacific Northwest here, too. They're heavily involved in that sort of thing. And there's a great column in the magazine. Um, I think it's called Tips and Tricks that you oh get every Lord. month. right? <laughs> but no, the AMA magazine is actually – it's a really good magazine, too, so well worth the $39. Okay,
2: I want to apologize for my throat today. Uh, moving right along um... – coffee table book there's so many nice ones if you have a friend who is really into his ducati or she's really into her harley or he's really into his moto guzzi i mean there's coffee table books for just about every kind of truly there there.
3: is yeah with some beautiful photography i mean i think we're all pretty appreciative of the engineering that goes into this but sometimes uh, to be able to kind of sit back and uh, read through the history and the development of these bikes can be just utterly fascinating. Some of these companies have been around for well over a hundred years, and you don't realize not just the engineering changes, but the political changes, the social changes, and this can uh, this can be a really sort of unique perspective on all that. I think.
2: And if you're on a budget, buy a used one. Yeah, and sell your buddy. Hey, I didn't have fifty bucks, but I had twenty, so I got you the book.
3: Absolutely. And
2: he'll appreciate it.
3: Yeah, I think you sign that in the uh, on the front cover.
2: Yeah, you don't have to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, um, let's suppose that uh, your buddy has resurrected uh, an older bike. hmm You know what's a really nice go along with that is a copy of a magazine that has a review of that bike when it originally came to market.
3: I thought you were going to say Roadside Assistance.
2: Well, that too. right? Yeah. <laughs> and you'll get that when you do the AMA membership.
3: That's right. That's true. Good point. Uh, but yeah, so you're talking about, like, we were speaking a little bit about this off-air. For instance, I have a bike that has now sort of fallen into the classic.
2: Yeah, so you have a 1996 DR350. That's right. So, so what I do is I go onto eBay, yep. and I say, 1996 DR350 Motorcycle right. Magazine Review, and up pops... Either the Cycle World, sure. or the Motorcyclist, or whatever magazine of that time, and uh, and then I, I gift that to you, yeah. <clears throat> and you've got a really cool little article about your bike. But also, when you get ready to sell that bike, that's a nice thing to hand off to somebody. That is a cool little
3: artifact, along yeah. with
2: your service manual and right. whatever paperwork. But uh, you know, to, to give them that to is a, is a nice gift. And you know what? You're talking like eight bucks.
3: Yep. Super shipping. Yep, super simple and a real thoughtful gift. I like to see that twenty-year-old uh, review bike of the future for the DR 350. I can just see it.
2: So I have this one friend, and I used to go out for our uh, rider meetings, and she would always look at me in my first gear jacket, which was in great shape, other than the fact that it was really faded. Sure. And she'd always say, "When are you gonna get rid of that thing?" And you know what? If 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 you're tired of watching your friend walking around right. in a faded out suit, and you think that person needs a new jacket, you buy it for them. That's a you good. You just pony up your four or five hundred right. dollars, and you get it for them and they'll love you forever. Put your money where your mouth is. I agree with that. Yeah. or hey, just get a whole new Arrow Stitch Road Crafter. Yeah,
3: know? get it out custom fitted, and then uh, you don't have to worry about you know, schlubbing around with your friend that looks like he, uh, you know, stole his uh, motorcycle gear off of a scarecrow or something like that.
2: (laughs) Okay, uh, this one's kind of a no-brainer. Last minute, you don't know what to do. Get them a gift certificate at the shop that they like to take their bike to. Yep. uh, In any denomination you want. Uh, Now, here's another one. Uh, This isn't particularly clothing-focused, but, you know... um, there are misers. I think, I think off the air I said they were cheap bastards. <laughs> but there are misers out there who never replace their face shield. That's true. And, you know, face shield, if you're riding 10,000 miles a year, you ought to be replacing that face shield every, 10, 000, or every, every year. Yeah. So uh, get them a new face shield. Forty fifty bucks, piece of cake. Get them a few.
3: No, you have to know. Do you have to know the specific model? I think you do. Okay, yeah, because yeah, I've always know bought new helmets. You never...
2: if, if, if your miser is a really low budget miser, right. that might be like some showy helmet from the nineteen seventies that doesn't even exist anymore. Sure. So, you know, you may you may not be able to do that, but it's it's worth a shot. So, what about Saran wrap? Just replacing of that is that not a. Uh, If you're a miser,
3: I mean. Yeah, (laughs) maybe
2: you just have some saran wrap tear-offs that you can put on the helmet. Just keep pulling them down, yeah. (laughs) Um, okay, now this would not be an AMA membership, but a magazine subscription, something. Uh, I, I tend to like to think I would give someone a uh, pragmatic magazine like right. Motorcycle Consumer News, sure, or even writer Magazine. Pretty pragmatic. When we start getting into all the wheelie popping stuff, I'm not into those magazines, so yeah. I wouldn't. I, I personally wouldn't be gifting a magazine like that. But mm. magazine subscriptions are so inexpensive now,
3: and Motorcycle Consumer News, I think, really does a nice job as far as nuts and bolts analysis of new models and that kind of thing, I think that's a good suggestion. Yeah. Uh,
2: Stocking stuffers, there's all kinds of them. Um, We will be putting up on the store on the 1st, probably today, that's when we're launching this show up. Right. Uh, We'll be putting up a whole 12 days of stocking stuffers, which will include things like kickstand pads, tire repair kits. Uh, And the way we're going to build that out is we're going to have stuff in there that, you could use on and off the bike. Mm-hmm. So if you like our tire repair kit, you ought to think about getting a second one, or or if you are gifting one to somebody if they already have one, um, so they have one in their car because yeah. it's a great kit for the car too. Absolutely. Um, our kickstand pads maybe not so much, but you know if you have a friend who likes to do skeet shooting, mm-hmm. that kickstand pad go a long That's way towards giving shooter. them some yeah some targets to shoot. And in. we do have orange. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and well, that's the other thing. You know, why do I always have to shoot at orange skates? Let's shoot at red ones, blue ones, black ones, yellow ones. Yeah.
3: Or if you're Dick Cheney, shoot at your friend. (laughs) (laughs) Skates. Oh, sorry. All right, back on track here. But no, those uh, so, are those so are really great. A those are only a couple of bucks there. too, right? Yeah, and uh, just the stockings in general too. Some of the uh, motorcycling socks that we sell exactly are uh, really really great. Uh, just for wintertime stuff too. Even hiking around, uh, those are sort of a wicking fabric, great insulation, and uh, really a high quality material. So and Keep your feet to from out.
2: getting stinky.
3: Yes, definitely. Yep. So if you're out for a long long ride or uh, a long trip, you know you don't have to bring too many pairs with you.
2: Okay, for the last one here, it's December twenty-fourth and you are screwed. Uh oh. You forgot to get something for somebody. Now I really need you to You need to, to get yeah. them something. So what you yeah. do is you go online and you order up a rally registration. Right. Or a registration for an event like a cafe to cafe grand tour style sure. event, something like that for the person you're gonna gift to, and uh, and they'll love you forever.
3: Right. So. Or better yet, it's the twenty fourth. You've done all your Christmas shopping, you've watched your budget, and you've got some money left over for yours, yours truly.
2: Yeah. You register for yourself. Give yourself your own yeah, registration. Absolutely. Uh, just make sure you put their name in there somewhere that they're the ones who are actually getting this. Usually that would be in the ship too. Right. But, uh, um, yeah, that's a, that's a that's a quick way to take care of business. That's
3: a good suggestion. Absolutely.
2: All right. Uh, we're going to take a little break here. When we come back, we're going to have a couple of tips and tricks, and we'll see you in a second.
0: Support for SoundRider and the SoundRider Show is made possible in part by Linwood Motoplex, your gateway to motorcycling adventure in the Pacific Northwest. Choose from brands like Indian, KTM, BMW, Kawasaki, Victory, Yamaha, Can-Am, and more. Family-owned and operated for over 25 years, Linwood Motoplex is your one-stop shop for fun. Hi there, this is Uli Langenberg from Uli's Famous Sausage, and you are listening to The Sound Rider Show.
1: Alright, my name's Sean, I'm from uh, Bremerton. I got a KLR650 and a Goldwing, and my favorite ride is uh, anything that involves dirt, uh, especially if I'm on the Goldwing.
3: December episode here on the Soundwriter Show. Back of the book. That's it. Home stretch. The home stretch. And uh, I hope that uh, you've enjoyed it here. Give me one to wish everybody a happy holidays and a Merry Christmas here. Uh, and we're going to give a couple of gifts, some tips, and some tricks. Tom, you want to get started uh, on this or yeah. should I go ahead? All right, why don't you lead into it?
2: I got, I got, I'm ready to go. All right. Okay. Um... So uh, years ago, we used to have these things called, you know, like MP3 players, right? And now that's our phone. Yeah. And uh, years ago, we had all that music stored on a server at home, and we always transferred it to the phone. Yep. But now with the cloud, cloud. we can stream it all through the cloud. Now, the problem with that is if we're on a data plan, and we are all on a data plan pretty much. That's true. uh, If we're out on the road trying to listen to music and we're streaming it through the cloud, we're gonna be end up paying some money if we go over our limits. so um, most I don't I don't play with them all, but most music player programs now have the ability for you to take a playlist at least and ram it into the device itself. yep so. Here it is, December. You're not going for a ride. You've got your playlist. Go find those little SD micro cards to shove in and put a few playlists into your phone now so you don't get taxed later by the cell company.
3: That is a great suggestion, and I know I get a lot of my music off of Amazon, and uh, you can store it in the cloud and download it and put it back in the cloud uh, at will. So it makes it pretty convenient for that yeah, kind of good. thing um so my tip this month is uh you know because you, you might not be getting out and doing a lot of riding in December it's been many many years since this has happened to me but I did have a stretch a few years ago where I didn't ride for a couple of weeks and uh, I came uh, back to uh, the bike I think it was like in late January something like that And I went to start it up and it was coughing and it was sputtering oh yes right? I remember this yep and uh so that led to having to have the carburetor cleaned and a, but you know, it's a pretty, that can be a pretty expensive job. It can be a time consuming job if you do it on your own, but it's not something that needs to happen. And there's a couple of simple ways to do that. One is you can continue to ride the bike. So even if you just have short trips to do it, uh, that's always a good suggestion. And then something that you have mentioned. Well, if
2: I, how do I continue to ride it if I can't even get it to start?
3: Well, I mean, up to that, right? So you keep that consciously. Where you oh,
2: say, oh, oh, that's the right, solution. Right. I see what you're saying. So right? I haven't
3: ridden the bike in two weeks. I need to get it out and take it, uh, you know, down. The block for coffee or whatever it may be. Yeah. Of course, the other thing is something that you've mentioned several times, I believe, on this, in which when you return the bike on one of those rides where you think, you know what, I might not be back on it for a few weeks, Uh you can go ahead and leave the bike riding, uh, running, Running, rather, shut off the fuel valve, and just let it sort of expire there, and that will kind of get all of that old fuel out of uh, the carburetor and you don't have to worry about the varnish building up a really simple thing to do but something that can save you a lot of hassle because you know especially here in the northwest you wake up some morning the sun is shining doesn't happen a lot and you know it's going to be a warm day even if it's january february you just want to get out and ride and when you go out It really is kind of devastating when you know, you know what, I can't ride the bike because the carburetor's varnished over, Mm -hmm. or the needle, whatever it may be. Uh, So just a simple thing to kind of keep in mind as we get into the middle of winter here, as uh, keep things operational.
2: I tend to to winterize all my carbureted bikes, and then my fuel-injected ones... Are available for me to go take off on sure. anytime I want. Right. But you know, even the ones that I quote winterize, those 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 carbs are empty. Yep. Right now, and I just open up that valve and, and that's fill it. them up with fuel, and yeah. I'm ready
3: to go. So just a nice little tip uh, to keep in mind, because like I said, a lot of times we do get those off days, or even in the 50s. You know, I remember we've had some February days in the 50s and that kind of thing, and uh, you want to be able to get out and take advantage of it and not have to worry about your motorcycle, sp- you know, spitting and sputtering. As you roll out the garage.
2: Yep. If you can roll
3: out the garage. If you can roll out the garage, that's right.
2: All right, folks. That brings us to the end of the show. And uh, I want to thank you for listening. If you're not already a subscriber to SoundRider, just go to SoundRider.com and click the subscribe-free link, and you'll get our newsletter once a month to let you know what's going on. And uh, we do want you to ride safe. We want you to ride well. I don't ride.
3: Like my mother. And do not ride like my mother. We'll see you in January of 2017.
1: The Sound Rider Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patients of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on The Sound Rider Show.